Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. It's time for Cover 2 Broncos. Just a couple dudes breaking down scheme, film, and the numbers. Now, your host, Joe Rowles. Welcome to a very special episode of Cover 2 Broncos. Uh, This is our live reaction to... That uh, just uh, kind of came down the pipe. Uh, I am with AJ Schulte of Mile High Report. Guys, if you do not already follow him on Twitter, go do it. AJ, where can they find you on Twitter? At, at AJ Drafto. You can find me there. Um, a lot more, a lot more uh, draft-related content for Denver now that we kind of know the quarterback situation, the picks, and all that. Um, it was a nice little shot in the arm today. You know, I. I don't even know how to really go through this whole story, but like basically, so I was in the middle of doing some work. I went to go walk my dog. I looked down at my phone. I saw the Aaron Rodgers sign with the Packers. Was pretty bummed. Yeah. Pretty bummed. I kind of expected it. Like we've kind of been, you know, waiting for it to drop. Uh, it's kind of looked like, I know Aaron Rodgers was torn, but like reports earlier in this week made it very clear that it sounded like Aaron Rodgers was kind of like using the Broncos to try and leverage the Packers into doing what he wanted. So it wasn't a surprise that it kind of came down that way. Uh, well, after that came down, I made a few tweets, dropped a post really quick. I, me and my girlfriend decided to go and get lunch because like I wanted to drink some Bloody Marys and kind of like get over the pain of the fact that the Broncos were going to be irrelevant. Because uh, again, like going into this, I, I have kind of like ruled out Russell Wilson as a possibility for months now because it just didn't seem like the Seahawks were really interested in moving him. And... And then the package dropped. I'm I'm like at the bar getting my Bloody Mary. I look up, I see the TV and 
Russell Wilson's going to be a Bronco, uh, assuming, you know, the physical goes okay and he agrees. But uh, the Broncos gave up nothing. Uh, So the Seattle Seahawks, they get Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick. The Broncos get Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick. That's it. Like, that's – like, it it blows my mind. Like, I – Maybe, yeah, maybe it's so, because I've like, I've been, you know, Ian Rappaport has been making it, making it out to sound like, like the Eagles might not have enough with four first round picks. So like this whole time I've been thinking, there's no way the Broncos can do it. They don't have a quarterback. There is, um, I, I have it on good authority. I can drop source. I don't care. Um, that they were asking quite a lot more than what they got at the combine pretty much all week. Um, and then I, I truly wonder if it was the veteran players that s- switched instead of just outright picks, you know, because like, you know, so Noah Fant is is gone. He's better tight end than like if he's a better tight end than any of the guys in this class. Like it, it's a solid yes. tight end class, but Noah Fant would be the clear tight end. Yes. So they 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 get him, uh, and they also have I believe they have the flexibility to pick up his fifth year option now too. Yep. Uh, which is which is dirt cheap. Um, Shelby Harris uh, fixes a lot on the interior of their defensive line too. They need they need another uh, a boost there and run defense, and and then they get Drew Locke to maybe be something. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see with that one. But but then like, what's craziest about all of this is that Denver still gets three top one hundred picks. Yep, they keep reportedly. They're keeping the Rams second rounder at, at 64. And then they still have 75 and 96. And if it's Seattle's fourth rounder from this year, which I, I believe they have a fourth rounder this year, I'm not quite sure, but I'm assuming so that it's this year. That's that is still a ton of capital that the Broncos have left. And if and if you buy the reports yesterday that Von Miller wants to come back, I mean you had Russell Wilson and Von Miller in the same offseason. And you have all that capital in the draft to go out. I mean, heck, they could still be aggressive and trade up if a guy falls. They could be, and like, there's a ton of room here. Like, Sha- honestly, I was with you. I did not think Russell Wilson was moving at all. I, I was like, the Rams going to have to deal with Russell Wilson for another four or five years, you know. And then, because it just it never felt like Seattle was willing to budge. It, but that part, and then also George Payton, Russell Wilson, like. When we watched like the Stafford deal last year, Matt Stafford went to the Lions in January to make it clear that he wanted to be traded. And every report out of Seattle was that Russell Wilson has not done that. Like he did not go to John Schneider and say, You have to move me. And so, like, for that reason, yeah. that and the fact that Pete Carroll's 70, like, they don't really want to do a rebuild. So, like, the fact that they moved him to me is kind of a sign like they just know like this is probably their best last chance to do it. But from from a Broncos perspective, uh, and, and, and there's a couple things to unpack here. Uh, you mentioned the Washington Commanders did offer a trade to try and get Russell Wilson, and uh, Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer said that Washington did offer high picks in the next three drafts, uh, but it became clear that the Seahawks didn't want him in the NFC. Which I mean, that's totally fine with me. But but I am just I'm kind of blown away by the fact so- that. The Broncos gave up nine uh, in what is, 
I'm just going to say like, it's the worst quarterback class I've scouted uh, since maybe 2013 yeah. Broncos gave up 40 and that sucks. Like that, that hurts a little bit for sure. Um, But, yeah. but again, like you said, they have, they have essentially three third round picks like that. That Rams pick is really close to the third, but they have three third yeah. round picks in a draft that is considered to have good depth, but maybe not a lot of top end talent. So I can live with yeah. that. And, and Go ahead. And his, Russell Wilson's contract isn't going to break the banks like Rodgers was. If it's if it's if Rodgers is what that reported deal is, he came out and said it kind of wasn't. Um, but they said he he reportedly, yeah, this whole time he's wanted like forty forty five million dollars, like highest paid player in the NFL. Yep. Um, and that would have just completely sapped all of the Broncos' cap room, pretty much. They would have had to. Um, they would have had to go into a situation where they would have had to do a bunch of void con, void deal or void years on the contract yeah. to make the cap hit work. And you can do that. And honestly, I still it wouldn't completely surprise me if they do something like that if they're going to sign Von Miller, uh, just because it's a way to manage the cap. The Saints have done this. But the nice thing about Russell Wilson, and there, there's a lot to unpack in terms of like Russell Wilson's fit for Nathaniel Hackett. We'll probably get on that kind of going forward. But yeah he's younger. He's significantly younger. And while I am concerned about his play style aging, yeah, he hasn't been talking about retiring. Like there, there has been talk about Aaron Rodgers retiring since the Packers lost in the playoffs. And so like, it was a realistic possibility that the Broncos were going to give up three first round picks and change to get Aaron Rodgers to get like two years of Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers yeah. is good enough. I could I could make the argument, but I can definitely see why Russell Wilson would be more appealing. I do think yeah. that like we're gonna probably see a lot of narrative spin that Aaron Rodgers was like plan A, but Russell Wilson was also plan A, and I think that's a lie. Uh, I think that'll be some PR spin yeah. after the fact. But I don't well, mind Russell Wilson at all. Schefter came out. Schefter tweeted that they had begun talks with Seattle two weeks ago. Yeah, I believe that. Well, they didn't. They didn't think yeah. Aaron Rodgers was probably coming two weeks ago. Probably not. No. Um, I, I want to. PFF Brad, uh, their their cap guy, said Russell Wilson will count. Well, should they should the Broncos should lose roughly fifteen point three six six million dollars in cap space this year, which I believe leaves them with about twenty three or twenty four million. Yep. Because they had thirty nine, right? Yep. So that is that is plenty of room. That's to more go than out. enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they want to bring back Vaughn, go for it. That's enough room for Vaughn. Get a couple of solid, you know, mid-tier free agents, and your rookie draft class. I mean, like that. There's still a lot of potential in in what we're doing, and so that's. I think that's the most interesting part of this is that, you know, like even like you said, Russell Wilson's play style isn't exactly. It, it's it's unique. Right, I, that's that's the best way to put it, you know. But like, even if you know it, it, it it's a little troublesome in, in some aspects. Like, this was a trade the Broncos had to make, and the fact that they didn't get absolutely fleeced out of desperation for it is just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, me too. Um, because again, like the Broncos were dealing with a they they were dealing from a positional weakness immediately following the Aaron Rodgers news yeah. again. Like I, I was gearing up again. I was drinking bloody Mary's at the bar, mentally preparing myself for an off season of Mitch Trubisky versus Drew Locke versus 
whichever quarterback you like most out of this coming, you know, this upcoming draft class. And you and I both know, like, I don't like any of the quarterbacks in this upcoming draft class. So to, to end up with Russell Wilson out of this is insane. And, and I think again, like, I, I know we touched on this like briefly, but in terms of players, yes, no, losing Noah fan is kind of a bummer. Um, I do. I think that Noah fan is going to be a better player than his numbers lead you to believe from the last three years in part, because I think Matt, Pat Shermer didn't really use him. Right. I also think the Broncos quarterback situation was so poor that it kind of like artificially suppressed his numbers. But that said, the the Broncos new offense was going to ask him to block more than he was doing with Pat Shermer. And that is not a strength of his game. They were going to have to pick up his fifth year option. So like he was about to not be cheap anymore. So I, I, I understand that like that aspect, that is probably the worst player to lose of the three that they lost just because like the future is still very bright with him. And again, not to hate on Shelby Harris, but here's the truth of Shelby Harris. Signed a three-year extension last year, was a great deal at the time. Had a down 2021, realistically. Uh, Honestly, truthfully, I did not like his 2020 either. I didn't think he was worth the extension. I thought in 2020 he played pretty okay, uh, considering like the alternatives. I really liked the deal. The the thing that was interesting about the deal, though, is the Broncos only were on the hook for about $4 million with him last year. This year, his cap hit was actually going up to, uh, he was going to count for almost $11 million against the cap. And in 2023, he was looking at a $12 million cap number. There was a very realistic situation where if Shelby Harris played this coming year, like he did last year, the Broncos were going to cut him at the end of this season anyway. Yeah. And then Drew Locke, like nothing you and I can say about Drew Locke at this point is necessarily news. He lost to Drew, Teddy Bridgewater. He is a fourth year rookie. Um, the people who believe in him just are blaming, you know, they, they, they're adamant that it's everybody else's fault that Drew Locke has not put it together yet. Whereas those of us who like scouted him coming out of Missouri, he kind of is exactly what I thought he was going to be coming out of Missouri. Like the pie in the sky upside was Matthew Stafford, but that was like, if everything goes right and he puts everything together and the reality of it is three years into his career, we're getting news out of uh, DNVR saying that they had heard word that Drew Locke basically stopped putting in an effort once he lost his job to Teddy Bridgewater. That's not a guy you want around as a backup anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder who the backup is. is are they gonna, it's probably just ripping, right? I mean, he's, he's a exclusive rights free agent, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And they'll, they'll they're, they're probably going to just try and be as cheap as possible there. Yeah. Cause it's um, like, the, the thing, and again, if you're from Seattle side of it, you're kind of looking at the fact that Russell Wilson's gotten hurt, got hurt last year, did show some decline in 2020. So the idea being like, maybe, maybe if things go really poorly for Russell Wilson, the picks that we're getting from Denver next year are going to be really high. Yeah. Um. So Nick, Nick Corte just put out, see uh, Denver's rookie pool. Uh, with this trade is getting half from 14 million to about 7.86 million. Oh, wow. Total. That makes that sense. Is, that, I mean, holy crap. That leaves you with a ton of flexibility. It does. In free agency. That And especially if they be aggressive and move picks around. I mean, like, it, it's such a, I'm just still just blown away by how George Payton worked this thing out. I really am. Um, John Kine came out and said that Washington offered Seattle 
several picks in the next three drafts mm-hmm. for Russell Wilson, and Seattle didn't bother countering. They they did they didn't even engage. So to in me, with Washington, to me, it's that they really wanted the ninth overall pick, or they really liked the players that de- the Broncos were giving them. Uh, and and the fact that the Broncos are in the AFC and the AFC. And again, like it's worth noting that there are teams in the NFL that were quite high on Drew Locke coming out uh, because I do know that the Packers were one of those teams back, you know, in 2019. So maybe that's also a part of it. Again, good luck. You know, I don't wish him any ill will, uh, but I'm definitely glad that like I I would do that trade in a heartbeat. It did like I, 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 yeah. I feel like I need to take a second again, like I, not to, you know, bog us down with this, but like, I think I do need to take a second to, I have been very, very uh, skeptical of George Payton's approach to the quarterback position up to this point. I will still say that last year's off season still kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, but to come out of that and kind of go into what, again, what everything was looking like this off season and basically trade for for meaningful draft picks and then two meaningful veterans for Russell Wilson he should be the favorite for executive of the year if Russell Wilson doesn't fall yeah. on his face George Payton should be the early favorite for executive of the year you know what's you know what's crazy is this trade just kind of tells us that Elway's not involved yeah. at all because it's a short it's a short non-white quarterback that's true. Like, we, we know Elway is no longer involved now. <laughs> like, That's a honestly, good point. The, like, shout out to to Peyton. Honestly, I I was with you. I I George Peyton. So many of the things he said and did, and so many things that leaked out. Well, reportedly leaked out. Um, we will we can discuss some of that off off the air. Um, but some of this stuff where it was like. You know, oh, they're they're contemplating Mitch Trubisky, or they're contemplating this move, or taking a linebacker at nine, or some of this, uh, you know, some of this other junk that basically was just going to make every Broncos fan an alcoholic if if they aren't already. <laughs> but like, it was, all this stuff came out, and then George Payton just basically gave everything a middle finger. Yep, I was like, nope, we're gonna take Russell Wilson, um, and like, even if it doesn't. Workout, which I don't, I don't think it will will fall flat, right? Well, I don't think it immediately makes them Super Bowl contenders, like like What's you a- know, like the Rams last year when they got Stafford, we were all like, yeah, okay, okay, this is a team that could pretty much push for a Super so, Bowl. But so- we just don't know what hack it yet. That's yes. my that's the concern. So I think we should unpack that a little bit because again, like you and I are probably both going to end up going over a lot of Russell Wilson tape over the next few days. We're going to probably try and look at, you know, fit all that stuff, but let, let's go over to kind of like the things we know really quickly. Do you like the idea of Russell Wilson's fit in like the Nathaniel Hackett offense? Cause that is like the one part of it to me that I do feel like I do need to go back over his tape and get a better feel for because Russell Wilson for his career doesn't really, it hasn't really mattered who his offensive coordinator is the offense kind of always turns into the Russell Wilson offense, which is a lot of broken plays, a lot of shots down the field, not a lot of plays over the middle of the field because he's short and it impacts his ability to see over the middle of the field. And again, those are like the limitations you accept as part of, you know, having Russell Wilson. That's also the reason why I was definitely a little bit 
nervous about him going forward because the idea being if he starts to decline athletically, how much can he continue to go forward with this style of play? That said, like, it's not necessarily like it's not going to happen tomorrow, but it is a concern. Uh, But that said, I do think putting him in an offense that can make his job easier uh, in terms of more RPOs, more easy completions, slants, bubbles, mesh, stuff like that. Like, in theory, that should make his job easier, and it should mean that he's going to take less sacks. Uh, Granted, we both know that sacks are a QB stat. But I think like there are things that the coordinator and Nathaniel Hackett can do, Justin Oten and Nathaniel Hackett, to alleviate that a little bit. Yeah, what the hope is is that honestly, like where I'm hoping Russell Wilson gets a little bit better at is throwing hot against pressure. Because that's yeah. been one thing where like the it's like he doesn't he struggles throwing to replace the blitz. Um, it's like if rushers are coming in, like he's he's gonna scramble and, and try and make a play but, but you know what it, for a lot of his career it's worked but you know at, at some point you do need to settle in and make the throws so if that's something that Hackett and Kubiak um, who's the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach and Outen can work on I think it'll be fine because like Hackett's offense if what's if it's what we're thinking it is the RPOs the play action stuff like that um all of that featuring in should hopefully alleviate some of the concerns over the middle of the field. But again, we just don't know. But the fact of the matter is, is that now we get to see Hackett's offense with a quarterback, with a quarterback that if a play doesn't necessarily work out, has the ability to extend and make a play on its own. That, that was the biggest concern with a lot of these rookies, right? Like Kenny Pickett or, you know, Matt Corral or Sam Howell, where it's just like, okay. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Can we can we trust them enough mentally that if the game and everything breaks down, how good are they off script? Well, Russell Wilson's just, you know, casually one of the best yeah. in, in the NFL. Um, and, it, and it infinitely raises their ceiling. I mean, in a division where you've got Mahomes and Herbert, you've got to have somebody that that has the arm talent and the ability to make plays competitively and, and like that's it, where where it gets interesting now is for the raiders truth be told because it's like Derek carr is really good Derek carr is not mahomes herbert or russell wilson good no and their roster is not that good uh they overperformed no. relative to their roster last year so you could feasibly make the argument again like that's the other part of this the AFC West, I would say comfortably, and I'm not trying to say this is like a ding on Wilson, not beyond just, you know, it's a fact. Russell Wilson's the third best quarterback in the AFC West. Um, if the Broncos were not in the AFC West, if they were in basically every other division, I would say that they are now one of the favorites to win the division. Russell Wilson definitely increases the Broncos' chances. 
but they were not a quarterback away going into this realistically. Uh, you and I have talked yeah. about that a lot. Uh, they still need an edge rusher. The Von Miller thing should help if they do pursue it. We'll see. Uh, they still need a right tackle right now. They have Garrett Bowles and no other tackles with NFL experience on the roster. Uh, those yeah. are critical needs. Uh, now that Shelby Harris is a Seahawk, the defensive tackle situation is pretty dire. They have Draymond Jones and then they have Mike Purcell who has been hurt quite a bit. I think he's missed 18 games in the last two years. And then McTelvin Ajim, who's played, I want to say like less than 400 snaps over the last two years. So like their defensive tackle situation is now as bad as any other group on the roster, other than the fact that Draymond Jones is very promising. Uh, on the flip side, you know, what's really good in this draft class defensive front, honestly, <laughs> defensive like, tackle class is really the, good. Like, the tackle class is good. The edge class is good. The linebacker class is good. So like there is a way for them to come out of this looking really, really good. There's, there's a good possibility that, you know, if, if we presume like say they bring back, like Nate Hairston for competing for the nickel or dime spot. Um, yeah, I, one of the linebackers with, or, or two of uh, Johnson, Jewel, or Griffith, and it sounds like it'll be Jewel out of all yeah. those, but, you know, I think they were waiting for an extension for Russell Wilson um, before we see any of those moves. Like, it, it, like if, if they bring those guys in, there's a good shot that at least two of those first three picks are on the defensive line. Yeah, because uh, like you're talking guys like you know maybe a Logan Hall, maybe a Josh Pascal, Pascal from Kentucky, a uh, Kingsley Anikbare, Isaiah Thomas, Cameron Thomas, like like we could just keep listing guys who fit that like five tech mold with like five tech ability and base, be an interior rusher. Like I, I think the guy from Kentucky is just just like such an awesome fit there um, where, where it does get dicey is they need a right tackle and because the Russell Wilson's play style does lend itself to needing better pass protection. That, he does take a lot of sacks. And now that they don't have a pick in the top 50, you know, the top 63 picks, they don't have anything up there. The chances of them getting a right tackle who can play from day one and not look like a, like a complete mess is very low. Uh, yeah. so I would say at this point, they basically need to sign like a Bobby Massey or I like Morgan Moses for this offense. Uh, I liked him last year too. Uh, I need to watch him more, but like going into last year, I thought he was like the guy they should have draft, uh, should have paid after Juwan James got hurt. And then he went to the jets. Uh, he's still a guy that I think makes a lot of sense, but yeah, they need to sign our veteran right tackle. And then they're going to probably want to try and grab going in free agency. It would also make sense. Uh, Calvin Anderson is a restricted free agent. It would make a lot yeah. of sense to tender him. I know he got hurt, but it would make sense to tender him with the idea that at least you have a swing tackle then who has played before. Uh, because again, yeah. now that you have Russell Wilson, this is a Super Bowl window. Like this is a playoff window yeah. slash Super Bowl window. You don't want rookies starting unless you have to. Yeah. Uh, so Honestly, like, it makes sense like, for the Broncos to ensure themselves that they don't have to do that. If Peyton, if Peyton wants to keep being aggressive, he handles the right tackle spot through a trade because there, there are, there are a bevy of tackles available via trade that make a lot of sense. I, I still, I still, in my gut, I still think that Dallas is moving on from Lyle Collins and Lyle Collins, like would be a top 10 pick in yeah. this year's draft. And he fits the offense. Playing. 
and he fits the offense perfectly. Like, and and Dallas wants to move on. Um, all of these issues stem from Mike McCarthy and the new O-line coach, I believe is Joe Philbin. I personally think he's just chafing against them, and they are just like, oh, we'll take a guy we drafted, even though he's a worse player. Yep. Um, and so if that's the case, and he buys in with Hackett, like, I'd give up 75 in a heartbeat for Lyle Collins. Yeah, me too. He's a starting right tackle. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, and he's young. Yeah, yeah, he's he's still young, and and comparably, like you're not going to pay him out the butt, you know, versus what you would have to pay for like Laramie Tunzel in terms of compensation and stuff like that. So, like, there's moves they could make to be aggressive and fix the right tackle spot, but they need a quality one. Yeah, like, they, they they can't get by with these journeyman nobodies anymore. So I I, I think the fact that I think the fact that Peyton has come out and specifically said we want to fix right tackle this offseason and we need it to be a long term solution. I think that lends itself to the belief that internally they know. I mean, heck, when he said that, I feel like that was right around the time of the senior bowl, which is when these talks would have probably started. Yep. Um. And so if that's the case, and, and there's a, there's a few guys that developmentally could be something at right tackle. You know, I think the guys like Abraham Lucas out of Washington state. Yeah. But um, you don't, but you don't take that guy hoping he can play right away. No, no, no. I mean, unless he just blows you out of the water when you get into camp and stuff. Um, yeah. But you don't, but I'm just saying Matt, you don't, you don't plan on yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Um, like Max Mitchell out of Louisiana, I think is pretty solid too. I'm not a big fan of, of um, Petit Frere. From Ohio State. No, same. They're like I, yeah, I, I just think he's not that good. Um, but like, there's options for Denver in the draft. But the fact of the matter is, is that they need a, they need to fix it pretty quickly. They need at least a bridge. So in the meantime, while they try and address it, uh, yeah. but but I kind of want to, you know, leave us with this. First of, for, you know, first of all, are you happy with the Russell Wilson trade? Do you think it was a good trade? Oh, oh yeah. Hands down. I, honestly, I, I can't think of a trade that was a bigger fleece. I at least in terms away. of this magnitude. Yeah. yeah I you just George Payton absolutely pantsed John Schneider in this one. Like, yeah. Like and you you'll see the spin start to come out of oh, they like no fan for you know, with Gerald Everett, you know, they like that. Uh oh Drew Locke, he really impressed them. He's still young, he's twenty five, whatever. Like Get out of here. You know, like Shelby Harris at least makes a little bit of sense and the picks make sense. But like, come on. Yeah. None, of, none of those guys are as good at their position as Russell Wilson is at quarterback. Same. And I would say that honestly, when you're doing a kind of trade like they're doing AFC versus NFC is always kind of weird to me just because like the Seahawks are basically accepting that they're going to be bad. So to me, get the biggest return possible. And the fact that they didn't like, I'm happy they didn't. But I'm I'm yeah. a little blown away by the fact that they didn't because I did not think that would gonna that was gonna be the case. Yeah, like uh, even even if the like with the Rams trade for Stafford, that was still in division, and the Lions got a ton of picks. Yep, and and golf, which you know isn't saying much, but like that that's what's still so mind boggling. And if you look at uh, this trade in total. It's very similar to what Seattle gave up for Jamal Adams. Yeah. Right? So they gave up two firsts, a third rounder, and 
uh, starting safety Bradley McDougal for Jamal Adams in a fourth round pick. And Denver for Russell Wilson gave up Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. Plus a couple plus two firsts, two seconds, and a fifth for Russell Wilson in a fourth round pick. Like they I mean, it, that's just a fleece. I mean, it's straight up highway robbery. Like George Payton just pulled a Robin Hood out from under John Snyder's nose here. Unless the Seahawks come out of this draft with like some some serious firepower with like their picks, I it wouldn't surprise me if this is kind of like the beginning of the end of the Seahawks regime. Uh, and then oh, they would kind of look yeah, back Rat- at this and be like, it kind of like was a rise and fall with Russell Wilson. Rap sheet came out. Rap sheet. Rappaport came out. I believe it was Rappaport came out and said that they were open to dealing Tyler Lockett too. Um, they're going into a rebuild. I, I would honestly, truthfully, like I would if I were a team, not necessarily for Denver, right? But if I were a team, I'd be calling about DK Metcalf. Yeah, same. In, in, in a heartbeat. heartbeat. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the, and I think there's another few guys uh, like you know Darrell Taylor. I think is a really good player as pass rusher. Um, but how, honestly, could they try and move Jamal Adams? Like, I, like where does Seattle go? Do they take a Malik Willis at nine? Like, that's, that's I kind of think that's, I'm interested to see. I kind of think that's do, why they want a nine. Pass rusher, or do they I, go with a pass rusher at nine? I think they want they a nine. Both. I think they want a nine because they they want to try and grab a quarterback to, to like hit reset. Is what is it, that's my guess. You know, we'll find out more yeah. as we get closer. But that that would be part of the reason why they would want like a Washington or a, a Denver pick is like at least those guys are hovering around the range where you can go up and get them. Uh, so kind of yeah. last question before I let you go because I, I kind of want to you know let you live your life today because this is kind of out of the blue. Do you think the Broncos are a legitimate Super Bowl contender with Russell Wilson at quarterback yeah. in twenty twenty two? Right away, I, I ooh, in the AFC West, it's tough. I, I would say they push for, I mean, I, I would almost say they're like right away in the playoffs. Like, yeah, I mean, we're talking highest wild card seed kind of playoff, playoff. And honestly, truthfully, like they got close to beating Kansas City and they, and they beat the Chargers last year. Yep. And so it's like, you, if Russell Wilson pans out and everything like that, like the ceiling of this team comes where they're competing for the AFC West virtually right away, presuming they presuming they handle the situations they need to in personnel decisions, and assuming that Hackett and Co. know what they're doing, and it's not a you know, Freddie Kitchens type situation, which it doesn't it doesn't strike me as because uh, Freddie Kitchens was very like old fart. Um, Hackett, Hackett doesn't strike me as that. A lot of it is young, fresh ideas, like technology stuff. Um, it doesn't strike me as we want to be physical and beat the guys in front of us, or her, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, I definitely think that they're in it. I think they're in the hunt. Um, we'll see how high the ceiling can really be. Um, but they they got a manageable schedule going forward. I think they are a Super Bowl contender if they find a right tackle and the defense doesn't completely fall apart. And there is a very real possibility that that, like, I think you and I both agree the Broncos defense is almost certainly going to decline this year relative to last year, just because Fangio hit a lot of issues 
And it's not realistic yeah. to expect that to continue. Like just straight up. Yeah. That's not me trying to be negative. That's just realistically, there are enough holes on the defensive front. And I don't think Ronald Darby is so good that he makes up for it in the back end. And there's going to be a new safety they're breaking in. Like the Broncos defense looks like it's going to step back to below a league average. Yeah, and really hit and last year, last year they faced the fewest uh, offensive drives in the NFL. And I think they were, I want to say, I mean, they started, I mean, their average starting position was like among the lowest in, in the league. So yeah. like they were getting very favorable situations as well. And part of that is, is Fangio doing a really good job. And like, hopefully with Evero, who strikes me as a, a, a really bright uh, minded coach. I, I, lo- I love Evero. Yeah. I'm, um, and I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, but like, I, I get, I get what you're saying with yeah. like this. Yeah. Defense, defensive performance changes year to year across the NFL. Just no matter what. And, but I haven't, let me look at this. Let me look at their schedule really quickly. Cause obviously they're going to play three really good quarterbacks six times. Right. Yep. But, uh, okay. So they've got, you can edit this, this little bit out. So they've got Houston. If yeah, I don't care about Davis Mills at all. Uh, Indianapolis. Carson Wentz, who cares? Kyler Murray, you can beat Kyler pretty easily. San Fran, Jacksonville, Rams, Titans, Seahawks, Ravens, Panthers, and Jets. They have a schedule that's that pretty sets manageable. Them up. Quarterback schedule. They have a schedule that sets them up to be a playoff team as long as Russell Wilson is as good as hoped. Uh, I just think like yeah. once you get into the playoffs, unless we see significant upgrades on the defense, I do think that the Broncos are going. I think they'll be a contender for the Super Bowl if everything kind of goes right. I would not say mm-hmm. that they're a Super Bowl favorite just because there are big enough holes. No. Um, but that said, yeah. and again, this is where I kind of come back to, and I think this is a good place to close. I 100% make this trade every day of the week. I don't have any problem mm-hmm. with the trade, whether it works out or not. Even if Russell Wilson ends up being a bust as a as a trade, the pick, the decision to trade for him makes sense. It significantly alters Denver's trajectory going here, like from here or trajectory from here, just because they're relevant. They now have a veteran quarterback you can win with the offense around them. Yeah, no. And I mean, like if he, if he's as good as hoped, they're going to be able to win because of him and all your supporting players on offense are suddenly going to look a lot better because they now have a real quarterback after having nothing for seven years, six years. So yeah, this was a great trade. Uh, I, it's kind of a in Peyton we trust from here, uh, but for the first time since Peyton was hired, I am feeling really optimistic about the Den- uh, the Broncos' chances this season. Yeah, it it's it's one of those trades that is just, I, I mean, a it came out of nowhere. That, that that that's what got me the most was it was just kind of like everybody was so bummed about about Aaron Rodgers, a and then it's just. All of a sudden, here comes Adam Schefter, <laughs> just just delivering the, the knockout blow of, "Hey, Russell Wilson's going to be a Bronco," and everybody went, "Huh? Hold on, wait!" And and it just blew up. I mean, I I can't think of, I don't even know if the Stafford trade was this big, you know, like in terms of magnitude shifting, because 
because the Rams were at least somewhat competitive with Jared Goff at quarterback because of Sean McVay and the defense. But but and like obviously they win a Super Bowl, it's fantastic with with Matthew Stafford. But like they were already still competitive and one of the better teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Denver was not set up to be at all, and now they are. Like I just I can't think of a of a recent trade that was more like this. It's groundbreaking. Yeah, I, I just yeah, it, it, really, it really is. It completely changes the outlook for the Broncos going forward because following yeah. the Aaron Rodgers news, it looked like the Broncos were going to be basically another season kind of hovering around in the third, fourth in the standings in the AFC West. If they're lucky, they were going to get a winning record. Uh, just because like realistically outside of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, you said it in a tweet outside of those two, the only other real option that really moved the needle for the Broncos was Deshaun Watson. And like that brings its own. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have to deal with that now. Um, yeah, yeah, like I just, I think it's a home run trade. I am really, really stoked about it. And I am really excited about the future of the Denver Broncos guys. So yeah, I think this might be the happiest podcast the two of us have recorded in a long time. It's been a while. Here's to many more. So yeah. uh, thanks for joining me. Guys, again, if you don't follow AJ on Twitter, go do it. He is at AJ Draft Scout. Go read his stuff at Mile High Report. And uh, yeah, we'll be hitting you back soon with uh, some more Russell Wilson news.